how to pray is a real problem. The Bible admits that we don't even know what to pray for. And when we even decide on what we want to pray for, we don't know how to pray. What's the remedy? He said the Spirit himself helps that weakness. And he does it with groanings and yearnings that um, uh, is too deep for articulate speech, too deep for utterance. Do you understand? So, the Bible accepts that we don't know what to pray for and we don't know how to pray. But the Holy Spirit helps us in this weakness. So, the remedy to the weakness of not knowing what to pray for and even after you have decided on what to pray for, how to pray, the remedy is what? Prayer in the Spirit. And by that, number one, pray in tongues. Number two, Allowing the Holy Ghost to take over. You are so filled that the Holy Ghost now dictates what you are praying. We call it prophetic praying. You can never get it wrong when you allow the Holy Ghost to lead you. Did you hear that? Now, um, I cannot tell you the number of times I prayed wrong prayers. Not because I mastered the art of prayer way back but because i decided that each time i would pray the holy spirit will lead me as to what to pray so if i'm going to lead prayer i'm sensing to the holy spirit what is it and when i'm praying i'm asking what is it what is it you want us to pray about so i don't take it for granted that i already know a lot of things and i'm already a pastor and i'm already a prophet so um and and let's just and then I also don't just take any prayer topic and we start praying about I've, what is on the heart of God. Once I allow it, then I get it right most of the time. Do you understand? Now, when we teach on how to pray, usually um, we ground everybody because everybody begins to feel, hey, I may lead some prayer and maybe that's not the way we are supposed to pray. Or um, from all that has been said, maybe I shouldn't lead a prayer this way. Then we get confused initially. But I'll make it very simple for you so that you, you, you don't get confused. The first thing is this. When you pray in tongues, you cannot get it wrong. Because that's about the Holy Spirit. So you are safe there. Number two, the Bible says you are bound in thanksgiving. So prayer of thanksgiving, you can never get it wrong. By the way, all the things we are asking for are already done. So Thanksgiving is number one. You abound in it. Do you understand? So you get these two. The third one is the one I mentioned. You are just spirit led. You are listening to your heart. And many people still don't know how to be led by the spirit. You are listening to your heart. What is strong on your heart? Usually we get prayer topics from our mind and from events around. It's okay. But something may be happening significantly outside that may not be what is on the heart of god because we said already that the holy spirit helps our weakness let me explain this clearly do you know what a weakness in prayer is the weakness in prayer is the flesh it's a watch and pray let's enter into temptation The, the spirit is willing already but the flesh is weak the flesh doesn't want to pray and when you are tired, you can still talk, but you, you can't pray. The flesh 
You know why? Because this is flesh and prayer is spirit. Prayer is the supply of the spirit. And prayer is a spiritual activity. So it takes, so your flesh can't do it. That's number one. Number two, and listen to this very carefully. Extremely important, and this is the key. I'm giving it to you. Our major weakness in prayer is the flesh. Everybody prays selfish prayers. Okay? You spend all your life praying for a husband. And after you are married, you spend the rest of the time praying against those, any woman who is coming after your husband. And God is just smiling. Like, seriously? You have energy to be praying against those who are coming, the women who are chasing your husband? You are wasting your bullet. You are wasting your bullet. Amen. Now, everybody prays selfish prayers. Every human being prays selfish prayers. That is the weakness in prayer. James says it. We'll read it right now. If you want to pray effective prayers, you must get out of the flesh. Because the first thing Jesus ever said about prayer is pray for your enemies. Who, which sane person? Huh? Which sane person? Hello? You have all one million needs. Which sane person will stand up and out of all the trouble you are having and you are coming to pray, then you start praying for your enemies? But the first thing Jesus ever said about prayer was that one. God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. That was even his friends. But they were saying hateful things about him. Now, so to get out of the flesh and now pray what the Spirit wants. To pray by faith. To pray by love. Is to get into the Spirit. Let's look at James chapter 4. Let's read it together. One go. From whence comes wars and fightings among you? Now, he's talking about unrest. All the uh, riots, riotous spirit, all the confusion that is among you. All the fight. Where is it coming from? All the divisions and all the troubles. What, what? Is it not coming from your last that war in your members selfish desire that's what it means you see that's where the, all the trouble comes from uh-huh you last and have not you have a selfish desire and you don't have you desire to have and you cannot obtain you fight and war yet you have not because you ask not next line you ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your selfish desires. Is this when the motive of prayer is just for selfish desire? The prayer is not answered. Hello? Hello? God doesn't answer prayers that are based on selfish desire. Because that would be sin for God. 
Do you understand? <laughs> okay. Now, sometimes you see people praying that somebody should die. Most of the time it doesn't happen. Sometimes it happens. But you see, you need to know that if God were going to do that, God himself in his wisdom should have looked at all the bad people and killed them. In fact, there are some people, the more you pray for them to die, the more they live. Because God doesn't answer those prayers. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't have power to kill people by your prayer. Even the devil can do evil. So you can also you can also kill. Okay, I've confused you now. <laughs> You're not confused. I appreciate you. Okay, all right, okay, all right. All right. Now if you pray for something that is selfish and it is granted your prayer is still not effective do you understand i just told you something that like it's like you're wasting a bullet it's like killing a mosquito with a bazooka the cost involved in buying a bazooka and using a bazooka to just kill a mosquito you have lost. You know, spiritual energies is not and that for more. So it's not to be wasted. Now look at me. God says that when you pray, don't pray like the Gentiles do. Because they think they'll be heard for their many prayers. Now he's talking about asking certain things. Then he, 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 conclu- he, end, he, he continued by saying that don't ask for these things because these are the things the Gentiles ask for. But your heavenly father knows you have need of them. So as a rule, you don't pray for your needs. Think about it. Unbelievers don't pray for their needs, but God meets their needs. So you don't pray for your needs either because God will meet your needs. He said, look at the birds. God feeds the birds. God takes all the, all the animals. And God takes of human beings. God makes his light to shine for the right and for the unrighteous. How come you think that unless you pray, God won't provide? Yeah. Okay. So that brings us to prophet. What about the scripture which says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, it shall be opened to you. You don't have because you don't ask. What about that? <laughs> I give an example here on Monday. It's like my daughter, every day, she had to come and ask for toiletries or pepsodent. When I actually provide that weekly or mentally, everything that is needed is provided. 
There's a problem here. Daddy, please, uh, can I have Pepsodan today? Daddy, this week, will, you, will there be Pepsodan in the house? You know, and that is how many of us go about prayer. Because the Bible says we should pray without season. And God has commanded us to pray a lot of prayer. And, there, and so we don't know what to do with all the prayer they say we should pray. In fact, we pray our mundane things and <laughs> ridiculous things because there's plenty of time to pray and we don't know what to pray for. But I just told you that the Bible says don't ask for your needs. It says your heavenly father already knows. So don't ask him. You see, in prayer, because you are com- com- conversing with God or communing with God, there are things you can mention which is not wrong. You can talk about it. You can talk about anything to the Lord. Lord, I need to change my car. I need a car. It's not wrong. Though he knows you need it. But it's not a prayer topic. It's not a prayer topic. It's not a prayer prayer topic. Okay, I haven't convinced you enough. Okay, all right. You name it and claim it and move on. You see, when something is already yours, what do you do? You take it. Instead of taking, we are asking. In fact, that is where the unbelief is. When you are asking something that you claim is already yours, there's a problem. The faith is undermined. You take it. Look, when Elijah said there shall be no rain nor duty by my word, was he talking to God? I'm asking a question. Elijah said there shall be no rain nor duty by my word. Was he talking to God? But was it prayer? Yes. How do I know? James calls it prayer. James says, Elijah prayed earnestly there should be no rain. But was he talking to God? I'm asking a question. Good. He was just taking something that is already his. Something he has power over. He wasn't asking. In the sense of begging. Now, Jesus is anything you ask the Father in my name, I will do. We can look at two scriptures along the line. One where Jesus is talking about the power of attorney, where we act in his name. And then, the instances where you have to beg God. There are instances where people beg God. And the instances you have to beg God are when you are asking God to go out of his way to do something he usually will not do.
That's number one. Number two, the reason why we pray for long is not because we have to beg God and before you hear, Papi, 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 and we say the same things are God, listen, God, 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 before you hear. No. There are prayers that are called supplication where it is not God who is actually doing anything. We are doing the things in prayer. And spiritual things take time to form. So we are building. Remember, the most important thing to know about prayer is prayer is the supply of the spirit. The purpose of prayer is the Holy Spirit. Prayer is just to supply supernatural energy. When Elijah was going to open the heavens... Elijah, oh, and that's where people miss it. That's where people miss it. Now, I want you to look at something. Hannah needed a child. Ordinarily, Hannah shouldn't have even asked for a child. But God intentionally Closed Hannah's womb. It was not a devil. So that Hannah will supply. Oh. And holy. The spirit. So much. To form more than a child. A prophet. Not just for her now. But for the whole world. Now, usually, you have the bait. God gives you the bait. And you are praying so much about something that you shouldn't even pray about. People get for free. And at the end, what God was actually giving you is not the one plot of land that you desperately wanted because of the two year rent and the wahala of landlords and you have vowed that never again will I rent a house and you have been crying God if I can just get one plot and then do my own thing have my peace of mind and God to also make sure you don't have the plot five years you are praying he's using us as a, that as a bait to give you gated communities real estate remember the chief end of prayer is not just the mundane it's not just something it's something bigger okay finally finally how to pray look at me and listen one of the safest way to pray we say is to pray in the spirit in tongues correct it cannot be wrong number two thanksgiving abounding thanksgiving you can't get it wrong number three we said the leadings, specific leadings of the Holy Spirit, correct? 
you just feel led to pray on this what's on your heart okay the burden in your heart we'll come back to that number four number four which is supposed to be number one is what our sister did before handing over the microphone praying the word of god back to him now if you ever had an encounter with jesus most of the time when he talks to you scripture word for word honey if you can learn just to preach to pray the word speak god's word back to him pray the scriptures word for word The next thing to understand is that we are not in the Old Testament. We are in the New Testament. So you don't pray like somebody in the Old Testament. Even Abraham didn't know that if I sought, if, if I sought for a man to make the hedge. Abraham started bargaining from 50. 50 men. If you get 50 men, can you spare the whole country? He was doing the calculations. But you, you know that God said, I sought for a man. So even the way you bargain should be different. Now, because we are in the finished work and we are in grace and in faith in the New Testament, you pray like somebody in the New Testament. You don't pray as if you are now going to bring the devil down. Amen. Amen. We're sharing the last time. He said, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. He didn't say create the unity. He says keep. The unity is already there in the spirit. Like your body. Your body is one. There's already one, oneness in the body. Yours just to maintain it. He said, I keep my body under. Because your body, your flesh is already under. Just keep it under. But if you don't know this, You'll be praying for victory instead of praying from victory. And that is where the faith element is. You may be praying a prayer which is not a prayer of faith. Because you are praying like somebody in the Old Testament. And they have taught us all these things. We just go to prayer meeting and we are just praying, 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 praying. So people are just praying anyway. We mix everything. Hallelujah. Finally, you see, <laughs> ah, you pray according to specific revelation that you have. That's how you pray according to your faith, according to your specific re- revelation. Do you know that when Elisha was asking for double portion, even Elijah said you're asking a hard thing. It was unauthorized. Master, how can you ask for double portion what Elijah got? A man who calls on fire at will, vanishes at will. A man who never died. Mitre said mortality was swallowed up by his life. And you're asking double of that? Like really? 
One day Moses said, if this would die ordinary death, and you don't do a new thing, and God doesn't do a new thing by opening the earth opening his mouth and swallowing them up, then God has not called me. Bible says, as soon as he finished speaking. It was where he was with God. That is why so, the Holy Spirit is so key when it comes to prayer. Because he gives you a personal revelation. That rhema becomes your faith. You know, the Bible says, what things whoever you desire. That desire is not um, um, latent power. It's dynamic power. Because it is an activity of your spirit. And that desire comes, you know, that is a substitute for the word faith. Will you ever, de- will you ever desire for, for something you have never seen? Somebody has never seen or heard that there is anything called toffee. And he's there, he's feeling for toffee. So, it is because the Holy Spirit has hinted you, revealed it to your spirit, that this thing exists. That's why you desire strongly. So, desire is a proof, though not every time. Sometimes it's just fleshly lust. But desire, real desire, is a proof of your faith. The same thing applies to willing, if you are willing and obedient. He never mentioned faith there. Because your obedience is faith, but your willingness, genuine willingness, I will. These are all activities of your inner man that are potent. Because it's a rain big enough for God. In fact, that is the manufacturing room of God. It's, it's big. The realm of your, your heart controls the spirit realm. Angels and demons are all controlled from here. I taught you on that. That's why the Bible says, if thou canst believe. Now, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. I give you the keys of the kingdom. We've been talking about it. You see, you need more than anything else, you need to know your authority in prayer. So when you stand to pray, that is what I have a problem with. The things we are begging for, it's always wrong. It's flat. Do you know how to pray? Father, I want to be holy. Father, no way. You pray the other way. You pray and say, I'm walking in holiness. I'm walking in holiness. I'm wa-. Otherwise, you may start from, Lord, give me faith. Lord, give me faith. Okay? Now you are praying like the Psalms. Then your spirit man begins to now get it. You already have faith. As small as a master seed. You can command this mountain. I have faith. But my faith is growing exceedingly. That's the right prayer. How many of you understand these things? 
When you look at Psalms, the person starts with complaint, adds thanksgiving, and ends in prophesying. Every prayer, you must answer the prayer by the time you're ending the prayer. Yes. But when you pray in faith, you've already answered it. I'm walking in holiness. I'm walking in holiness. You are answering the prayer. You are calling me to be. It's going to be tough, but we're going to try it. <laughs> I said, when you, when, when you teach on prayer, then when you ask people to lead prayer, then they are confused. You're like, oh God, people will be mocking me. Oh, we, can I even get it right? No, I already told you that what is burning strong on your heart usually is what the Holy Spirit wants you to. Do you understand? Do you understand? There are different kind of prayers. There are prayers of brokenness. Where you even sound like you are a sinner. It's not because you don't know you're right in Christ. It's not because you don't know you're righteous. But it's a state of brokenness where you are hungering for another level of sanctification. And you may sound like somebody doesn't know who he is in Christ. But it is not so. It is because you are overwhelmed by the holiness of God. Do you understand? For example, when Peter said that Christ came to save sinners, of which I am chief. It is of which I was chief. I am chief. It's not because Paul didn't know his right as a son of God. It's because there is a level in prayer, a level of brokenness in prayer, where you are overwhelmed by the holiness of God. David said to God, is this the kind of man you bless? Amen. 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 Have I helped you? It's a lot of things, but we'll put it together little by little and then we see how how it goes. Amen. 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 Now listen. Prayer is an activity of the spirit, so you must do it with your spirit, with all your heart. Number two, you must step into the spirit to pray aright. You see, when you're in the flesh, eh? Uh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I bind you, Satan. I bind you, Satan. I bind you. Uh, thank you, Satan. Thank you, Satan. Uh, yes, you are sleeping. You are in the flesh. So you must do what? Now you must step into the spirit and this is what happens when you step into the spirit you are in the prophetic. So the things you say are like the exact words the Holy Ghost wants. Hey, sometimes you can get it right too. So right word for word. It's like prophecy. And when you step into the spirit you step into faith. So it's no longer your flesh that is talking. Faith. And that is where prayer becomes Potent. That's where prayer becomes effect. Thank you. Effectual. So let's finish with our text that we're reading. Where is it? James 4. Huh? Where are we? 
He asked and received not because you asked and missed. That you may consume it upon your last. Uh huh. Uh huh. Finish. Next verse. All right. Um, there was something. Okay, let's go to chapter five. Let's look at verse sixteen. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that he may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availed much. Okay? Now, I will not talk about confessing your sins one to another and pray for one another because it will take another time to explain that. So believe it, okay? Because I want us to get back into prayer. But he says that, the last line says what? Let's read it, one go. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man does what? Did you see it? James said some prayers are not effective. He asks amiss. Then this same James in the next chapter says that prayer can be effective. And he say here that your prayer can avail much. When we do these things that I listed, you step out of the flesh, you can pray very potent prayers and your prayers will do what? Avail much. Which means... One hour prayer, and you have done so much. Daniel alone, he prayed Israel out of captivity of 70 years. The man was praying scripture. He saw that 70 years was appointed. Can you imagine somebody was praying that same prayer 70 years ago? All his life, you will not see that prayer answered. Because God had already said that I'm taking my point to captivity for 70 years. But when the 70 year ended, if somebody had not prayed, the devil would have increased captivity. That's the other way. So it's not, for, it's, not, it's not just there for granted. Because the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Amen. The Bible says that the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work. Do you know who the Antichrist is? You see, the way God was incarnated, God became a human being. That's how the Antichrist will be. Satan will become a man. You don't want to be around those times. He would display Papa. They say he is already around. His spirit is already around. But there is a restraining force that is preventing him from manifesting until his proper time. Which means, if we allow him, the guy will add extra time to his time. The Bible says Satan is the only one who doesn't release his prisoners. You can be in prison for 500 years. The devil will say, oh. Uh, you mean you've been in this state for 500 years? Hmm. I feel so sorry for you. I'm adding another 500 years. That's what the Bible actually says. It says the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. When the devil becomes very compassionate, he adds some wickedness to it. And the Bible says resist the devil. So these things are very real. Amen? It's not about you. I'm talking about the world. If we don't exercise this power, then you see the devils, the free radicals. The demons are freely moving about. In medicine, they call it free radicals. Eh? 
there are some things in your body they are called free radicals that's what your antioxidants go to check which they say they are they are free <laughs> i call i call demons free radicals they are too free which they say but somehow they were too free but we have to <laughs> what <is> free <laughs> we have to do what we have to stop him amen 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 my final statement we had a prayer last night and I was sharing some things with them yesterday. I said to them, that Jesus said, anyone who believes in me, though he were dead, he shall he live. And he that liveth and believeth in, him, in me will never die. And he added, believers doubt this. Because he knew that it would take faith for people to accept that you can believe in Christ and never die. And I was telling the family that this thing I'm saying, I know many of you won't even accept it. Because people will rationalize it. Some say, oh, he's not talking of physical death. It's blah, blah. What is he talking about? The guy was standing by the tomb of Lazarus. And he said, your brother will live again. And Martha said, yes, I know he will live in the resurrection. And he said, I'm not talking about that. I am the resurrection and the life. So, so what are you talking about? He's talking about physical life. Not the eternal life alone. In terms of, he's talking about eternal life actualized here. Now, that was when he added, do you know that Jesus actually wept? One of two times he wept in the Bible. One of the times was when the resurrection of the life was standing by and people were crying over a dead body. He wept. Jesus couldn't hold himself. And I was explaining to them that Jesus didn't cry, he wept. It is babies who cry. And sometimes women cry. You know a baby will cry every time. Wet pampas is crying. He wants milk. He's crying. Everything crying. But when you see an old, a man, like Uncle Peter, sit down on the ground crying, you know something has happened. <laughs> but it's ch- children who cry, women cry. If you see a man, and when, so Jesus didn't cry. He wept. He wept. He wept. Why? Too much life available. And people can't even see. Now, he said, if any man believes in him, he will not, never die. Then he said, believers are this. Pastor Vito, Jesus is coming to you and saying, if you believe me, you, can, you, can, you, won't, you won't die. You will never die. And then he added, believers are this. Because he knows that it's difficult to believe it. I hear people say every day, oh, everybody will die. Everybody will die. You know what Jesus said? 
He said, this saying is not for everybody. Whosoever can take it, let him take it. Elijah said me, I won't die. He didn't die. Enoch said, I won't die. He did die. But everybody is saying that, well, anybody, everybody will die anyway. Everybody will die anyway. Well, anyone who accepted, let him accept it. One day, some people came to Jesus. They said, is it lawful to divorce your wife? Just over any case. And Jesus said, what? What does the Bible say? He said, in the beginning, he made them a male and a female. So what God has joined together, let nobody put asunder. They said, why then did Moses say, if you want to divorce your wife, just give him a bill of divorce. He said, Moses gave you that law because of the hardness of your heart. But in the beginning, it was not so. Then he said, I say to you, anyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. And anyone who marries he that is divorced commits adultery. Then the disciple says, if the case of a man be so, then it is good not to marry. Now, they say, if the case of a man is so, then it's better not to marry. And that was when Jesus said, there are some people that were, were eunuchs from their mother's womb. They were born impotent. But some also were made eunuchs by men. They were castrated to take care of the queen, to bath the queen. Men made them eunuchs. And there are some others also, because of the kingdom, they decide that, though the thing is there, though fire day inside, but I kill lamb just for the kingdom and listen jesus said jesus said not all men can receive this now that's where i'm coming to anyone who can receive it let him receive it so some people will be eunuchs because that's how they are born some too Men have made them eunuchs so they can serve kingdoms and take care of the queen. And there are some too who, because of the kingdom of Christ, they have become eunuchs. Jesus says, I'm not forcing you. Any, if you can take it, take it. He said, This is not for all men. So I was telling my daughter, she was nowhere. I said, Can I take it? For 40 years, I never had a headache. Oedipo said, For 40 years, I never had a headache. Divine health is real. If you can take it, take it. It's not for everybody. If you want to have paracetamol in your pocket every five minutes, you choose some and then you can meet water somewhere and drink. Jebedol uh, in your pocket. And then every day you have to be taking your uh, diabetic, this thing. And then if you want to manage that one too, that's okay. But you can grow your faith. By faith, Sarah herself received strength. First, she didn't have the faith. So he said, no, let somebody do it for me. But after a while, 
She built her faith. 